to hear an anointed, powerful word that will change your life from Treasure Coast Victory Center. Be blessed as your faith goes from one level of glory to another level of glory. I got a message for you this morning that's going to help the men, women, the country, and everybody. I'm going to try to reveal some things to you about the kingdom family. Say the kingdom family. Yeah. You're going to find out that God's kingdom family is different than the family that you see on earth right now, and you see maybe the concept of family that you have. So we're going to hit that a little bit this morning. Just go to Genesis chapter 1 for me. Let's go right along with the authority we've been teaching on anyway. Genesis chapter 1 right there in the first chapter. Look at verse 26. Been there before. And God said, let us make man in our image and after our likeness. Let him have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. This tells us God's original will was for us to have rulership here on the earth. The key to God's strategy is to rule over this earth. And how does he want to rule over this earth? He wants to do it through man. Say through man. Now, you, as we talk to the men and the women this morning, first of all, it, in the male man, basically, you've heard it said that the man is the head of the house. How many have ever heard that? He is, but I'll tell you what, he is more. He's the foundation of the house. He basically is the reason that God started with man. He started with the male man, and he put him there and made him a king, and he made him a king with influence, and his influence was to use the gifts that God gave him to extend his kingdom ways, his morals, his values here into the earth realm. That's why man was created. The mailman, not the postal mailman, but the mailman is the key to this purpose. And up till this point, no female was there. Now look in verse 26, it says dominion. Say dominion. Dominion, dominion means man was made and created to rule. Man was created with a nature to lead. He was not here to be told what to do. That's why when you try to manipulate people and try to tell them what to do, it doesn't work because everybody was created with this dominion. He was given to govern this earth and the areas of his life. Every male man in the earth basically is here to manage his marriage, manage his finances, manage his children, manage everything in his life. God also gave the male man giftings in them. Say giftings in them. Many people spend their whole life praying for giftings. You've just got to find out what giftings God put in you and basically let them manifest in your life. You have all the giftings that you need right now. And basically God gave you those giftings for every male man to basically dominate with and to use with and to become who they actually were created to be. How many of you know you were all created to be something and God gave you the giftings to be that something. Many people don't find out what they were created to be or even who they are through their whole life. It's important that you find out who you are because nobody's going to be able to tell you who you really are. They'll tell you who they think you are and you become who they think you are rather than who you really are. Hallelujah. All right, go to Genesis chapter 2. Look at verse 5. And every plant of the field before it was in the earth, and every herb of the field before it grew. For the Lord God had not caused it to rain upon the earth, and there was not a man, say a man, a man to till the ground. Now here it's talking about man, we're still before female, say we're still before female. He looks to the male man and he tells him he needs to work the ground. The word here actually is manage, say manage. 
So he puts him in this beautiful garden. There it is. Everything's there. But notice there is no growth at all. Why wasn't there any growth? Because there was no man to manage the garden. That means whatever area of your life you're not managing the way it's supposed to be managed, there's not going to be growth in that area. That's why 90% of the church is in debt. Because they don't know how to manage their money. And since they don't, there's no growth in their finances because you have to learn to manage it first. Marriages are falling apart even in the church. Why is that? Because we don't know how to manage what God gave us in our relationship with our wives. So there's giftings in me, there's giftings in you, those giftings are supposed to come out, and the only way we can learn to get those giftings out and actually function in who we are as a mailman is basically through God. Not through the world, not through the world's experts, not through how somebody else does it, but we have to discover as men ourselves what giftings we have and allow those giftings to come out of the inside of us. Look at verse 8. It says, And the Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden, and there he put the man whom he had formed. Say, put the man. Say, whom he had formed. Now look, God, God did not make the garden and then tell the man to get in the garden. He didn't make the garden and say, well, you do your best and you might end up in the garden. He put the man in the garden. Still no female yet. Well, what is Eden? If you look it up, it means basically the presence of God. It's, it's not a place. It's more of an atmosphere. It's an environment. It means presence. It means open door. It means a delightful place. So where did he put man? He put man in God's presence with an open door in a delight, delightful atmosphere. Man was created to live in God's presence, in the atmosphere of God's presence. Now notice what God does. God always creates the atmosphere of something before he creates it. God created the water, then he created the fish. God created the ground, then he created the seed to put in the ground. God created the firmament, then he put the sun and the moon in the firmament. God created Eden, God's presence, then he put the man in the presence of God. If any creature leaves this environment, it dies. Come on, if a fish leaves water, it's going to die, isn't it? If a seed leaves the ground, it's going to die. If a man leaves God's presence and decides not to live in it, he's going to fail in every single area of his life. So as male men, we have to learn how to manage the things, and the way we find out how to manage our lives is by living in a place called Eden, living in God's presence. And if you, if you look over the past years and many, many years and, and you study everything going on, you're going to find out that the devil's not really, I'll take this nicely, the devil's not really that concerned with women. He's concerned with the male man. You can have a women's meeting, get 50 women here, and hallelujah, praise the Lord, and the devil may not even care, but you have a men's meeting with 10, he's pretty happy about the whole thing. Why? Because the male man is the foundation of the family. Why is the country in the shape it's in right now? Because men, come on now, are not even in the family, are not even doing what they're supposed to do, are not finding out who they are so that they can become who they are, teach their children who they are, and their wife, and grow up into a place to make this country and this world better than it ever was before. But, I mean, you get into a meeting where men start to stand up and shout and praise the Lord. You get into a meeting where they start raising their hands. They start getting all excited, and all at once the devil loses it. Why is that? Because he's afraid of male men. 
And let me just say this. If you do not separate your foundation between your job and your work, you're never going to be successful. Two different things. You have a job. In your job, you get paid, paid for what you do. In your work, you do what you're supposed to do and were created to do. There are two different things. Jesus had a job. He was a carpenter. But his work was to do the will of him that sent him. Two different things. We as men have decided to make our job our work. And because we made our job our work, we never found out our real work. And since we didn't find out our real work, we're making our job everything to us. It's everything. Everybody needs a good job. My job's everything. I got to work 40 hours and then 40 more hours. I got to do this. It's all about my job. I mean, back in Moses' day, how many know he killed the males? In Jesus' day, how many know he killed the male? And to men, church isn't cool. It's not manly. Not something you do. Most men don't understand. But if you're going to be a man and you don't spend time in Eden and find out who you are on the inside and start to work, say work. Notice what the word says. Work out your salvation. It never tells you to be go to work and, and make all this money and stuff. There's nothing wrong with that. But that's not your main purpose here. You need to work out the salvation that's already on the inside of you. Work out who he made you, who you were made to become, what you're supposed to be doing here. And that is the work. Your job is something different. I had a job as a mailman for 28 years. That was my job, but it wasn't my work. My work went along with my job. In other words, I was ministering to people on my mail route for 28 years, got to know them, their families, got to pray for them. And at that point, even my job trained me for my work. Are you following me? So notice, your job may be important. You may not like it, but it may be training you. See, well, he put me in a foreman over three guys, and I can't stand them. Well, you better learn to stand them because you're probably going to end up over 50. And if you're going to die trying to do three, you're in trouble. That's the job you got right now, but that's not your work. That's why you can get fired from a job. You don't have to get depressed. You can't get fired from the work because the work is you, and you can't fire you from yourself. Come on now. So we've got to work, and we've got a work that needs to be done. And the Bible tells us there's a work that's there, and Jesus did a work, and Jesus did the work of the Father all the time, basically. So you can't get fired from your work. And that's great for me because as I get older, it means I can retire from my job, but I'll never retire from my work. I can live to be 120 and still do my work. It doesn't matter whether I've got a job or not, but I've got my work, and that work is something that God gave me. You, you don't go to work. You manifest your work. You go to your job. Go to a job to get paid. But your work is to become who you are on the inside and be what God made you so that we can do what we're supposed to do, each and every one of us. All right, go to Ephesians chapter 2. There's times here we lay hands on people. There's times we don't. There's times we do. And even laying hands on people basically is not necessarily to make you fall down, although how many know the power guy will knock you down if it wants to, and not to make you shake, not to make you laugh, not to make you do any of this thing. But when you lay hands on people, it is basically to get you back in the presence of God where you can discover your work so that you start manifesting your work in your life and fulfill what God has called you to do as a male man. All right, look at Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God has before ordained that we should walk in them. Here it says that we are his workmanship, and we're his workmanship to do or perform a purpose or a work. 
Say, I have a work. I have a purpose. So there's an assignment from heaven. God already knows what you're supposed to do. He put everything in the inside of you and now ordained you to do it. All you need is already on the inside of you. Now, if a man thinks his work is his job, it will stop him from doing his work. And here's where we're at. I'm not just noting the world, but in Christian people. Christian people think their job is their work. So they never pursue their work to find out what their real work is. They just spend their whole life making money and supporting the family. That's what I'm here for. Well, I was trained that as a kid too, but that's not God. That's world. I'm supposed to work 80 hours a week and bring home the bacon for my wife. That's all I'm supposed to do. Well, yeah, you are supposed to provide for your wife, but you're supposed to find your work also because it's that work is why you were put here, not for the job. So the work, it's got to manifest out of the inside of it. You've got to find your purpose. You've got to find what your work is. Your job, once again, I mean, it, it can you can get fired from your job, and sure, it's a bad thing, but nobody can fire you from your work. Once you find your work, you can do it. I can work till the day I die, praise God, because I know what God has called me to do, and I continue to do it on a large level, small level, don't make any difference. My work is never going to end. My job is going to end. As a matter of fact, my job did end, because I'm not in my job anymore. I'm in my work. People say, when are you going to retire? I said, I did in 2009. They said, I thought you were still passing your church. I am. Well, when are you going to retire? I did in 2009. <laughs> See, people don't understand it. Why? Because they, they, they get the two mixed up. But as mailmen, we've got two things. And God started us on work. He started us in Eden. He put us there to a place to where God wanted it to use us. All right, Genesis chapter 2, look at verse 18. And the Lord God said, it's not good that this man should be alone. I will make him a help meet for him. Now comes the woman. Now comes the female. She's a man of the species of man, but she is a female. She's not a male. She was born of man. Man was born of God. So basically here he says, now man needs a helpmate. Say a helpmate. Say a helpmate. Now notice, the woman that you find or the wife that you have is there to be a helpmate for you in your work. That means if you don't have a work, she's going to get frustrated because she can't help you when you're doing nothing. Getting awful quiet in here. Yeah. How can she help you do nothing? So you find a man, you say, do you love me? Who cares? Do you have a work and do you know where you're gone? If you don't, I don't want to mess with you. No, he's got a vision and his only vision is getting you in the bedroom at your age. That's all he wants. Come on. That's all he's looking for. He ain't looking for a long-term relationship. He ain't looking for stuff. Ask the guy, where are you going? What's your work? Well, I don't really work. And Do you go to church? Not really. Do you know God? No. Well, you better get in Eden then, brother, because you ain't fit for nobody. Come on. Young people, I'm telling you what. You hook up with the wrong one, you're going to have a long life ahead of you, so don't do it. You find out. Well, what are you doing? I'm here to help you when I get married to you. I'm here to help. And don't claim to be married before you date. Come on, you're pulling on me now, and I'm going to go in some directions here. You may not like you're pulling me into. Prophet Joe prophesied we're going to get married. Shut up, Prophet Joe. It's not your place to tell people who's going to get married, what God said, and who didn't. I've seen it time and time again. Oh, we're supposed to get married. No, you're not. You haven't even dated a week. And now you're going to get married. My don't get married. Two weeks later, they're married. Two weeks later, they're divorced. 
You date? You date somebody if things are going good? Well, we don't get along at all dating, but I know when we get married, it'll get better. <laughs> Jesus, help us all. Are you out of your mind? Now you're with her 24 hours a day. You wake up, she's there. You go to bed, she's there. You eat, she's there. If you can't do it then. See, dating is a period of time where you're seeing if that's what God wants you to do. If you can help this young man. If this young man is making you a better person. See, because a man was called to dress or manage the garden. Everything he touches should get better. That means if you're a woman and he ain't making you better, he shouldn't touch you. My God, that was good, wasn't it, there? Yeah, that was very good right there. Yeah. That's the way it is, praise God. Hallelujah. This is the way God formed it. This, you're, not going to hear this, you're not going to hear this on any CNN show, I'll tell you that right now. But this is the way God did it. This is the way God did it, and this is it. So he made woman. And notice the word that he made woman is... <laughs> the word is actually shaped. He shaped woman. He formed man. He shaped woman, but he formed man. So man can't help when a woman walks by. She shaped. And now we got, man, I'm going to get in trouble this morning. We got shaped men going after shaped men when there's, I mean, four men going after four men when there's shaped women. You got to be out of your mind. How can you possibly even think of that? No, that's why he did it. He did it to attract them to you, to find the woman that you wanted, to find a helpmate. Say a helpmate. So notice, as, as a wife, your number one thing to do is basically help your husband become all he is in what God's work is for him to do. That's what you're there to do. And if he isn't doing anything, then it's going to get frustrating for you because you can't help him do anything because he's not doing anything that's helpful to help them do nothing. And the problem is then, women do what they think they should do and leave the man behind. Now you got both of them frustrated. Because he's not getting the attention. He wants to do nothing. And she's going off in a direction that's supposed to be behind her helping the man all at once that becomes ahead of the man. So what happens? The marriage falls apart. It's over with. Well, I just don't understand him. You just don't understand me. But it all goes back to the man not living in Eden in the presence of God, learning what his work is so he can find out what it is and he can start manifesting his work in his life. So if there's no work, if you come into a guy, you know, who has no work and doesn't do with God, I'm not talking about a job again. He may be the richest guy you ever ran into. That don't mean he has his working in God's work. Money shouldn't make it. How much money do you got? Oh, but he's so handsome. Oh, he's got such big muscles. Oh, I, I got to go for him. Yeah, well, what's on the inside? You got this little... What are them things? Minions? I was watching them little shows. A little yellow minion on the inside. That's what he is on the inside. But on the outside, oh yeah, he's Mr. Hulk. Good for him. But Mr. Hulk's going to get old someday and Mr. Muscles are going to fall off. And then you got a confused minion on the inside you're dealing with. <laughs> See, we don't understand what's going on here. We don't understand our roles. My wife, as long as she is helping me do what I'm called to do, and that's her number one, she's good. But when she gets off into her job 
and puts that ahead of what she's supposed to be doing as my helpmate, then frustration moves in. Then anger moves in. Then upset gets moved in. Sure, because you're not doing it, and there's nothing wrong with a woman working as long as she's in the right line. See, so the mailman has a responsibility. He has to get in. He has to find out. He, he has to see what's going on. He has to find out his work. And as he does that, God will bring you a helpmate. And he'll bring you just the right one. And the helpmate will come and she'll help you. And then many times, you know, the thing is with, with women is they've, they've got a lot of intelligence. They've got a lot of intuition. They've got a lot of feelings and emotions where they can sense stuff out that men can't sense out. So you need her at times. And all at once, you know, you're in a ministry and you start getting a little down and depressed. Well, we had 12 people at church this week. We had 30 the week before. We're falling apart. And I don't know if I should even be in the ministry. I should. And here she comes. Oh, honey. No, you are called. You are an anointed man. You are doing exactly what you want. I loved your sermon last week. I thought it was powerful. I thought it was the greatest powerful. And pretty soon you think it's nagging, but it's not. <laughs> See, it's her doing what she was called to do as a helpmate. To help you, give you a little kick, give you a loving push for all this stuff to keep you going because that's what she's there for. She'll comfort you when you need comfort, but she'll correct you. Do I have to say that again? She'll correct you when you start getting out of line, start getting lackadaisical, start getting a little bored, start getting doubtingly because she needs you in Eden. Because the further you get from Eden, the harder it's going to be for you to help you with what you're supposed to be finding out in Eden. And you're frustrated. She's frustrated. Everybody's frustrated. Hey, but we look at the natural stuff. How good looking are they? How much money they got? Oh, ugh, they're nice to me and all this. No, no, no. You've got to find out where they're gone and if they're with God and if they're the presence of God doing what they're supposed to do. Praise God. All right, go to Acts chapter 2. I mean, thank God for women. I'm telling you right now, you know, even though sometimes you think, my God, you know, if, if things haven't gone right, you're on your, your 12th marriage and everything else, you think women are a pain, but that's not it. You need to find your spot, first of all, and they will come along and they will help you. They will know where to go. They will know what to do. Praise God. All right, Joel, or Acts chapter 2. Look at verse 16. But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. It shall come to pass in the last days. I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Women aren't supposed to preach. Oh, he missed that up then. And your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall do what? Now, here we go with our work, don't we? All at once, I'm in God's presence, and I'm starting to get a vision as a young. What I'm supposed to do. Maybe I'm supposed to pastor. Maybe I'm supposed to do this. Maybe I'm supposed to deal with the children. I'm in God's presence. The Spirit of God is upon me. I'm starting to get a vision. Old men get dreams. Say dreams. And why is that? Because old men get a dream, but chances are if you're too old when you get your dream, you're not going to finish your dream, so you pass your dream down to a younger person who can pick up your dream, who has the same dream, and go with it. But notice what comes here. A vision and a dream. The mailman gets a vision and a dream. Then what happens? Look at the next verse and on my servants and on my handmaidens. Say handmaidens. All right, now I've got a dream. Now I've got a vision. Now God gives me a handmaiden, a servant, a helpmate to do my vision or do my dream that God has placed on the inside of me that's growing out of the inside of me. Praise God. See how it all operates? And your handmaiden's there, and she's going to help you, and she's going to speak to you, and she's going to talk to you. And sometimes we say, quit nagging me. And sometimes, I'm, let's be honest, it is nagging. 
But other times, if it's spiritual, he's, he's just making sure you go in the right direction because the further you go with your work, the more helpful she is in that work, and both of you are very happy with your work and going together together. So, so the man that you're looking for or the woman that you're looking for, you're, you, you can tell when you're dating them. You should be able to know. But find out what their vision is. Find out what they're doing. Find out what they're not doing. Find out what they're supposed to do. Male men are supposed to discover who we are on the inside. Praise God. What am I supposed to be doing? Where am I supposed to be going? Sometimes I'm telling you right now, you look at the job you got right now, it's probably leading you to something in God's kingdom. And even while you're there, how many of you know you can be operating in God's kingdom while you're there? It doesn't mean did you separate job from work and entertainment from job and all that. No, you can put all things in the kingdom of God. Every place you go, you're carrying the kingdom of God on the inside of you, and that kingdom of God needs to basically be spread over the entire world because that's what you were called to do and created to do to begin with. So as a young man's going along, he's trying to get a vision. He's in Eden. He, he's in a... God's presence and God's slowly showing him what he wants him to do, what's on the inside of him, the giftings he's got. Maybe his gift's going to be making money. I mean, no, that's a gift. All at once you become a trillionaire. Well, I mean, you know that God wants to use some of those trillions to get the kingdom of God moving someplace, not so you can have another big house to make your wife happier than she was yesterday. Because that stuff pleases a wife for about two hours. Give me a brand new car. I got a $100,000 car. You get it, and two days later, you want another car. See? Because women basically are receivers. They'll receive anything you want to give them, praise God. <laughs> See? I mean, you just stop thinking about it, man, everything that you've done. I mean, you gave her sperm, she gave you a baby. You gave her a house, she gave you a home. You give her food, she gives you a meal. You give her a word, she'll give you a sentence. Hey, God forbid you give her a sentence. But I'll tell you what, you give her frustration, she'll give you hell. Because that's the way it operates. She receives and she does whatever with it and she gets it back out on the outside. But notice, a lot of it depends on the male man because that's who God created to be in charge and that's what we were put here to do. So what do we want to do as male men, as male men on Father's Day? We want to continue to do that and we want to continue that work down to, you know, me as a grandparent now, down to my daughter. You don't know what a privilege it was for a grandfather to be able to spend 50 days, 24 hours a day with his little granddaughter. That just don't happen. How many of you know that? And I mean, some people say that after 30 days or something, you create a habit. I never knew it was true, but it is. I'm getting up at 7.30 to get her out of bed, and she's not even there. <laughs> I'm going to bed at 9.30 now because she went to bed, and I want to get my rest, and I, I, do I have to go to bed at 9.30 now? because I, don't... I mean, you create a habit of doing things after 30 days, and that habit's there. Well, we can use that to our advantage. In other words, we can get up and read the Word for 30 straight days for a half hour, and how many know after that? It'll just be automatic. You'll just get up and you'll just do it. You'll just go up and you'll pray. You'll just do whatever because you created a habit in that situation. But the men of this world are the ones who are really going to have to start stepping up. And I'm talking about Christian men. Christian men need to more the more the life than just go to work every day, in and out, make a bunch of money. And there's nothing wrong with that, but you've got to find your work, not just your job. And if you put too much emphasis on your job, I mean, why don't men come to church on Sunday? They're busy working. Making me some money. Well, it shouldn't be that way. How are you going to find your work if you're at your job all the time? And that's the excuse that they make. So everything you can see. And, and why do women? I mean, you have an altar call to lay hands on people? The women come up. You have a meeting? The women go. You have this? The women go. Why are women seem to be so much closer to God than most men? Because they want to be helpers, and they're following someone with a vision. How many know God's got one? 
See, my husband ain't got one, so I'm just going to follow God. Heck with him. Uh, let him work 90 hours a week. Just bring home the check, honey. I'm going to be over here following God. I'm going to be God's helper. And God needs helper, but God needs helpers to help the male because the male is the foundation, not the female is the foundation. So just think of this whole country would get on board and male men would start chucking in the presence of God and God would start moving in their heart and they start getting visions and the women who were down and depressed say, oh, I love you now, honey. You're gonna, I can help you do something and I feel so secure and stuff because I'm helping you. And he's secure because he's doing what he's doing. And the kids grow up in security. Wow. Kids are a mess because they grow up in a mess 90% of the time. It's a mess. You got women with five kids and no husband. Well, how's that going to work? There's no, there's not even a house, much less a foundation there. And that's what this country has regressed into. And that's what they're pushing right now. They're pushing anything to kill that foundation and kill the way it's supposed to be done and kill the morals and get it killed down there so they can take over the entire. You can see it. I mean, everything. Turn on TV. There's a commercial. Uh, watch a show. They always got to sneak something in there. The whole show can be perfect, but just this one point, we got to stick this in there and put it in there just a little bit to remind you that that's okay. And that's more, no, it's not okay. And it's not morally. And men who are in God's Eden and God's presence speak up. They don't say, well, that's all right, honey. If you really love him, you go ahead and live with him. No, no. Say, sorry, sweetheart. You want to move out, get out. Come on now. you got to make a decision. You're either going to follow God and his morality and have things right, or you're not. And men got to stand up, and they got to start doing that. they got to start taking their place. But you won't do that if you're in Eden. You won't do that if your wife is the foundation of your family. See, we got to take our foundation back. It belongs to us. Yes, we're the head, but I want to be the foundation of my family and my next family. I want to be the foundation. I'll sing he's got the whole world in his hands till she can't take it anymore. <laughs> Because that's what we do. That's what we're called to do. And as fathers, that's what we do. I wish I'd known this stuff years ago, but, you know, you find it out when you find it out. And then you apply it now. You apply it to your children. You apply it to your wife. You apply it to everything else. But we are called, and we've got to work in us, and we've got everything that we need in us. Just stop shifting your foundation. Because men get hot for a little bit, then they walk away, and then they get back, and then they walk away. And your job is never more important than your work, ever. If you'll just honor God with your – if you'll just – probably never heard this scripture before – if you just seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, all these things will be. You won't have to work 400 hours a week. It, God will make sure as long as you're doing what you And he'll have your wife peaceful and her emotions will be back in check and everything. And you'll grow together. And that's the way a marriage should be even in the younger years. There's a lot of, lot of young people here who aren't married. A lot of young people who aren't married. My daughters are right here, praise God. And I want to make sure they grow up in the things of God. I want to make sure they got a, a good man. Because he's got to go through not only the Latasha and Ben test, he's got to go through my test. So that guy's in trouble, I'll tell you right now. He better be a needin'. <laughs> if he's not, he'll end up in hell. Already. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's the way it works. So that's the way God designed the kingdom of God family. That's the way he put it together. That's the way it is. That's the way male's supposed to be and female's supposed to be. They grow up together. They work together. They're kids. And the kids will find their work. The kids don't always have to have the same work as their father. In other words, just because you're a preacher, your kid doesn't have to be. He can be, but he doesn't have to be. For a long time, your kid had to be a preacher. No, they don't. They could be whatever God created them to be, for gosh sakes. But they've got to find out who they are and find out who they do. And sometimes, you know, even I think in what we went through recently, I mean, I think that everybody involved found out a lot more about themselves than they knew just 
three months ago. You know, you find some things out when you got to press into God, period, and you got to trust God, period, and there's no place else to go but God, period. And, you know, even as a husband and spouse, I'm sure they, they grew quite a bit in this situation. You know, I made him appreciate stuff. You could tell by Brandy's little note on there that she just appreciates life now and she knows that he has a purpose. And so it's good, praise God. So let's take our place, man. And if you're taking your place, continue to take your place, praise God. And women, please be the nice little helpers we want you to be. Please. Please, we love you all. Love you all. Hallelujah. All right.